This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. Well, it's good to see all of you tonight. How many are you glad to be here this evening? Amen. I'm glad you're here too. Amen. We're going to have a good time in the Lord. And uh, I hope you had a great day today. I mean, you know, praise God. I mean, spring and summer is full on now. You missed a chance there. I mean, you know, you guys are whining about how cold it was before it warms up and now you, well, whatever. So you need to get excited. Amen. Well, again, we're glad you can be with us this evening. We're going to get right into the Word of God again. Amen. Thank God for His Word. Amen. You know, I was thinking about that while I was worshiping the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about that people came from every quarter. When they heard of Jesus, they came from everywhere, basically. When it says quarter, I mean, north, south, east, west, they were coming. And they came to hear His Word, to hear the Word. Praise God, because the entrance of His Word gives light. Amen. Amen. And not only that, praise God, it'll bless you. Amen. The Bible makes reference to the fact that words like medicine to our being. And so thank God for the living Word of God. So we're going to take a few moments here this evening to uh, look into the Word of God. Praise God. And uh, I hope it'll turn your faith loose. Amen. For whatever it is that God has promised you in your life. Because how many of you know He's got good things in store for you? He has a great plan for your life. Hallelujah. And all we got to do is walk it out. Amen. Just be doers of the word. That's where the, that's the, that's the stick point. <laughs> we can't just be hearers of the word. You know, you can fill your head full of knowledge, but I mean, unless you make an application of it, it doesn't do a whole lot of good. Can you say amen? amen. You know, so it's, that's why we're here though. We're going to, we're going to get into it and it's going to, it's going to be a blessing to us. Amen. How many of you are ready to change? Yeah, you got to be willing to change. If you're not willing to change, well, then again, it's probably not going to do you a whole lot of good. It'll just kind of go in here and out here. I don't know where it'll go, but it, it, won't, it won't help much. Okay? And we want to be helped, right? Yeah. Did you guys eat a big heavy supper this evening or anything? Okay, man, I'm, I'm having to work hard here. All right. Well, let's open our Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This has been our text for this particular series that we've been doing on Wednesday nights about... Um, the life of faith. Hallelujah. I'm so glad my wife and I got a hold of the Word of God. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how destiny led us in the direction that it, it did, if you want to call it that. I don't know what it is, but I'm so thankful that we got a hold of the Word of faith because I tell you, it changed our lives. And uh, I'm so glad to have gotten swept into the, well, it's during the charismatic revival started back in the late 60s, and, uh, um, and uh, we were a part of that. Got born again in 1975, called into the ministry in 1977. In 1979, we started the church, and here we are 45 years later. Well, we're in our 45th year. And uh, it's, been, it's been a trip. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's actually been an exciting experience. It doesn't mean that we haven't had challenges. It doesn't make any difference who you are. If you're living in this world, dude, you're going to face some challenges. But we never faced one of them by ourselves. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So, you know, even though things at, at certain times in our lives seem so ominous, so impossible, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, lost, if you want to call it that, uh, 
you know, we see this in the scriptures, you know, in Jesus, I mean, you know, when Lazarus died, I mean, that's pretty much it. Most of the time, you know, when people die, I mean, it's over, right? He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. The sickness was not brought, what brought glory to God. Jesus raising him from the dead is what brought glory to God. Are you listening to me? And so, uh, uh, so even though you might have some things in your life that look like they're dead, praise God, he's got resurrection life. Amen. A lot of times, and we're going to look at some examples this evening, you know, people that they faced impossible circumstances. Looks like there was no, there was no opportunity. But I tell you what, the person that will grab a hold of the living word of God and say, God, I, I mean, you grab a hold of the altars of God and say, I ain't letting, I ain't letting go till I get blessed. If you got that kind of tenacity, I'll guarantee you that things will change in your life. And I think sometimes that's probably one of the things that, oh, I don't know, hinders people is, is they ain't got much stick to to them. You know what I'm saying? You understand that term? Yeah. Wow. You must have had carbs in your meal. It's like, I don't know. Well, anyway. Yeah, you just, uh, some things, praise God, you just, you can't let go of them. You know, because you will be tested. Your faith will be put on trial. And you just got to say, it don't make no difference come hell or high water. I, we're doing this. Amen. Did you hear that story about uh, this one couple living down by a river? And the forecast was there was going to be quite a bit of uh, rain in the forecast. And, uh, and actually, they'd even, you know, uh, given some flood warnings. And uh, Sure enough, it started raining. I mean, it was just raining hard, and, you know, water started coming up in the creek. Pretty soon it was out, you know, right at the bank, and then all of a sudden it was out of the banks. And not only that, but it was getting deeper, and this house that they were living in was right there next to where this, you know, creek was. You know, a lot of people, they'll build their homes down close, you know, because they want to be by the river or whatever. And so anyway, pretty soon, you know, I mean, it's up to the bottom of the house, and then all of a sudden it gets way up. It's up to the floor. And then pretty soon it's right at the sill, window sills. And man, I mean, they're seeing all kinds of stuff and debris that's going down the creek, you know, and they're wondering what in the world, what is going to happen here? And they were kind of, you know, by that time they were trapped. Then all of a sudden they seen this kind of like a bolo hat. You know what the English used to wear, kind of a bolo hat kind of thing. And they seen this thing floating down and they go, oh my gosh, what happened? You know, that must belong to somebody. I mean, they probably got swept away or whatever the case might be. And all of a sudden this bolo hat starts going back the other direction, upstream. Pretty soon here it comes back down again, it's floating down. You know, they're going, what in the world is going on? And so one of the members in the family said, oh, he said, what's the matter? He says, well, this hat keeps going back and forth. And they said, well, that's Grandpa. He says, Grandpa? He says, yeah, he said today, come hell or high water, he was going to mow the yard. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, I got something out of you there. Glory to God. Amen. Maybe we better pray and stop being so frivolous. <laughs> well, Father, thank you for our time together in the Word. We're grateful for your blessing, and we thank you, Father, that the entrance of your word does give light. It illuminates our path. It shows us how to live. And so we just thank you for these few moments that we have, Father God, that it'll do exactly that, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Our text here, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7 says, we, for we walk by faith and not by sight. So we walk by faith and not by sight.
Now, the context of this, of course, was when the Apostle Paul was making reference to the fact, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So he's talking about our mortal bodies, and he's talking about how that one day we're going to put this mortal body off, and we're going to have an immortal body. Aren't you glad for that? Now, we don't have that yet. But we have the promise from the Word of God and from God Himself that that's going to happen. Amen. So, understanding the context of this, can you turn that down just a little bit? It sounds like it's uh, banging around a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, the fact that when we, when we talk about walking by faith, we've been talking about the practical applications of what walking or living by faith is. And, um, you know, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. You find it in Romans chapter 1 and 17. You find it in Galatians 3.11. You find it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. And then also where it came from, the book of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. The just shall live by faith. And so we talked about the fact that, you know, living by faith is simply a lifestyle. It's a way of living. It's, it's, it's how we do life. Hallelujah. So essentially, living by faith means to, you know, discover the will of God. Discover the known will of God and walk in the light of it or live by what it is that it says. And so with that, there comes blessing, there comes direction, there comes hope, there comes promise, there comes peace, there comes joy, and yes, there comes challenges. Hallelujah. But yet right on the other hand, praise God, we're swimming upstream. We're like grandpa, man. We're going to mow the yard. Amen. And we're going to get the promise of God uh, effective in our life. So the trick is always doing. Everybody say doing. The trick is always doing what it is that we've been instructed to do in order to experience, listen, predictable results. The Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it. He sends his word and the Bible says it heals them. So God's method of meeting your need or helping you where your life is concerned is he's going to send his word or his promise to you. In other words, he'll instruct you, he'll say, this is what you need to do. So if we do that, then comes a predictable result. Now, if we don't, now here's the thing about this. Okay, you all ready? Praise God. Sometimes we think we're doing it when we're really not. Thanks for your enthusiasm. I better go back to joke telling. We had a little bit better response back there. Hallelujah. Yeah, sometimes we do, we think we are, but a lot of times we really aren't. So sometimes we really have to examine our, ourselves and ask the question. But again, faith begins where the will of God is known. Okay? I didn't know that salvation was even available. I grew up in a mainline denominational church, but they never told me. But thank God I found out, amen, that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I didn't know those things, but thank God I found out. So there really becomes a discovery uh, thing that has to happen within our lives. Don't you wish a whole host of humanity would discover the truths of God's living word? 
and how it could help them change their lives, get them out of the hell that they're living in. I'm telling you, it would, it would transform them if they just were able to discover the truth. Yet the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those that don't believe so that the glorious gospel won't shine in their hearts. Amen. So he's doing everything he can by lying to people about the truth of God's word to keep them out of the blessing of God and really, if possible, to keep them out of heaven. So that's where the church comes in. He said, go into all the world, preach the good news, the gospel, the truth, and he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be condemned. So it becomes that kind of an issue where salvation is concerned. But again, the first step toward having faith in any area of your life is discovering the known will of God. You just have to know it. I didn't know that healing belonged to us. I didn't know that, you know, Jesus went to the cross and died for the sins of the world. I knew that part. I found that out. But I didn't know that when he went to that cross, he took upon himself stripes he bore upon his back so that by them we might be made whole or be redeemed from sickness and disease. Sickness and disease is not a blessing. It's a curse. And sickness and disease is not from God in any way, shape, or form, no matter what anybody tells you. Sometimes we want to try to manipulate that whole thing, but I'm telling you, it came as a part of the curse. Now, let's, let's, let's go back to this, this concept or thought again, that faith begins where the will of God is known. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 5 with me. Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at a number of different scriptures in this particular context. And uh, because I want, you to, I want you to see that you can take any given area in your life, and if you'll take the time to find out what the Word of God says, you can come to know the will of God, and you can release your faith in that given area of your life and see the kinds of results that God wants you to have in any, any area of your life. It's awesome. It's wonderful. Notice here, in talking about <clears throat> discovering the known will of God, we're going to talk about it in the context of healing, okay? All right? And uh, notice with me, if you would, here in Mark chapter 5, let's look at verse uh, 25. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and, no, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Now, talk about an, in, an impossible-looking circumstance. You could say, you know, she'd been to the doctor, and the doctors basically just said, there's nothing else that we can do. She not only, you know, tried to have a remedy through medical science, and thank God for medical science and what it is it can do. We're not against it. We're for it. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, in, the, I'm in favor of you getting healed any way you can. Amen. But in this particular incident, incident, incident she didn't have, uh, medical science had no hope for, okay? And not only that, but she now had spent everything that she, was ha that she had, so she's broke and busted. Not only is she sick, but she got no money. It's just like the curse. I mean, isn't it just like hell to do this to someone? So the Bible tells us that she was in this condition. Now notice it says that she had grown worse. And then in verse 27, notice what it says. And when she had heard of who? Jesus. Jesus. When she heard 
of Jesus. The Bible says that she came in the press or in the crowd behind and touched his garment for she said. Everybody say for she said. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Now let's stop right there and let's think about this for a minute. The Bible says that she got to this place and condition in her life, <clears throat> and the Bible then says, when she heard of Jesus. Now, we don't know exactly what she heard, but we do know from other places in the Bible, in the scriptures, in the, in the gospels at least, that the Bible says that when Jesus was, you know, doing ministry at that time, that there was virtue that was flowing from him, and that people, when they touched him, because of the power of God that was in him, they were getting healed. I'd like to suggest to you tonight, that's probably what she heard. She heard that virtue was flowing from him, and she then said, she said, and she said, if I can touch his clothes, I will be whole. Now, she must have believed that, wouldn't you say? Because if you go on down, you know, the Bible says that when she touched him, virtue flowed from him, he felt in his body, she felt in her body. You know, he, he knew that someone, he said, who touched me? And you know the story, how the disciples say, dude, we're doing everything we can to keep people away from you. What do you mean who touched you? But it was a different kind of touch where the power of God was released into this woman's body. And the Bible says she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So he said, who touched me? And he looked around and he found her. And she told him the whole story. And, she, and, and notice what it says if we go down here into the uh, 34th verse. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith. Everybody say her faith. Her faith had made her whole. So let's go again and let's look at this. Um, and, and, and let's think about what it is that's happening. Because it's important for you to understand that, again, faith begins where the will of God is known. She discovered the will of God that if she could but touch the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. So she made her way. Now, of course, you know, she was probably weak, emaciated, all of the different kinds. She came in the press or in the crowd from behind. It wasn't that she could even make her way from the front, but she managed to get up there and she touched him. But my point to that is, is that she heard that virtue was coming from him and she had faith and she said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And thank God she was. And Jesus commended her and he said, your faith has made you whole. Now I'm sitting in, or I'm standing, you're sitting in a room full of people that have faith. Huh? You've all been dealt the measure of faith. Glory to God. Why? Because you've heard the word of God. You've come to a place of believing. So you have faith, this same kind of faith. The faith that can change your world, the faith that can, you know, heal your body, that can make you whole, that can bring about changes in our lives. If we'll just but trust in what it is that he has said and promised and act accordingly, appropriate it within our life. And it works in any area of our life. It can be marriage, it can be money, it can be whatever the case might be. We just need to find out what the will of God is and do it. I said do it. Are you with me? So here's a case where she heard something and it was brought. Now let's look at another one. 
Turn over to Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 14. I think last week we looked at this point, or we talked about it, I should say. We kind of came to the close of the um, service. But in Acts chapter 14, this is uh, the Apostle Paul, and uh, he was on one of his missionary journeys. And um, um, they went and they were preaching the gospel. Notice with me in verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being crippled from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Now listen to me. We're talking about a pretty impossible circumstance, would you not say? But notice the next verse says, the same heard Paul do what? Speak. The same heard Paul speak, who Paul steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had, he the man had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and walked. Woo, the meeting is on. Huh? So, again, faith begins where the will of God is known. We don't know what Paul was preaching, but the Bible does say he was preaching the gospel. So he must have been preaching something with regard to the fact that himself, Jesus, took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Are you with me? I don't know how that came out, but the Bible says the same herds Paul speak, and Paul, you know, steadfastly beholding him, perceived, he, he knew in his heart that that guy's got faith to be healed. And so he just called him out. He said, stand upright on your feet. Boom. And he acted on what it is Paul told him to do. And guess what? He got healed. Hallelujah. But my point is he heard something. She heard something. We hear things from the Bible that bring faith into our life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, <laughs> be informed that when you hear, you also hear a lot of other things that do all kinds of things to try to discount or discredit what it is that the Bible has to say. Yeah, that worked for them, but it won't work for you. Well, that was back then, and that was Jesus, but we're talking about a whole other generation. You know, all these things, human reasoning that does everything that it can to try to talk you out of the blessing of God. Amen? So you got you to gotta attack every one of those arguments with the word of God and say, devil, you're a liar. The only thing he has is deception, lying, to tell you that it's not true, it doesn't work, you know, and all the other things that come along with it. But I'm telling you tonight, it does work. So the first step for a person needing healing or any other thing is to discover God's will in the matter. Let's look at it again. Let's, let's look, I mean, as long as we're talking about it, turn back to Matthew chapter eight. Matthew chapter eight. Notice this. This is so good. Praise God. Notice what it says. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. And when Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a, a leper. Now, listen. Think about it. There's a crowd, a multitude, probably thousands of people. If, if not thousands, at least hundreds of people. But this one guy who's a leper, one guy who's a leper, he comes to Jesus, and notice what he says to him. He came and worshiped him and said, Lord, 
If you are willing, you can make me whole. Now, verse 3 is powerful. Notice what it says. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, what's the next two words? Well, in the New King James, it says, I am willing. In the King James, it says, I will be cleansed. And guess what? That guy immediately was healed by the power of God. My point to this is, is that he, w- he was unclear about God's will. Or, you know, he, or Jesus, I guess you could say it that way, you know. But he, he didn't know. He said, if you're willing, I know you can. He says, I'm willing. Be clean. Hallelujah. How many of you know God's willing tonight? Jesus is willing tonight for whatever it is that we have. And I mean, I'm telling you, God is on your side. He's for you. He wants you to win. He wants you to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can even ask or think because he's on your side. But we fight, we deal with all kinds of doubt and unbelief and all kinds of things that we have to battle with. And I mean, it's everywhere. It's prevalent. But thank God his word is true. Can you say amen? You know, in this same thing, let's just uh, drop down to verse 5. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came, a, uh, came to him a centurion beseeching him, or be, I, I wouldn't say begging, but urging, we could say. And he said, Lord. Everybody say, Lord. Lord. He recognized him as who? Lord. Lord. He said, Lord, my servant lies home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, listen, I will come and let him be sicker still. No, he said, I will come and what? Heal him. him. I will come and heal him. He sends his word and heals them. Are you with me? Now, what's astounding in this case is, is that because the centurion understood authority, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should even come underneath my roof. But if you'll just say the word, whoo, my servant shall be made whole. And notice what he says um, um, in verse 10. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He marveled, the Bible says. He goes, Wow. Okay, I don't know if that's what he said, but you know, go with me on it. Hallelujah. He said to uh, them that followed, he turned and he looked at everybody. He says, truly, I want to tell you, I have never found this kind of faith any place in Israel. Woo, glory to God. Are you with me? Come on, he said. You know, this is the right stuff right here. So what's the deal? The the centurion understood authority. And he said, I say to my guys, go, they go, and they do it and all of this. You just say the word, baby, and it'll get done. And then if you drop down again to verse 13, Jesus said to him, go your way. As you have believed. Everybody say, I believe. Yeah, as you have believed, be, so be it done unto you. And that guy's servant was healed that same hour. Isn't that awesome? I said, isn't that awesome? Glory to God. That same kind of faith, that same kind of power is available for you, the church, and everyone else tonight, today, in the generation that you and I are living in. 
If we just learn these things and understand the known will of God and find out how to appropriate this within our lives and receive what it is that he has provided. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Glory to God. So now let's, let's keep on reading in this chapter because this thing is chalked full of stuff. Okay. Notice with me, if you would please, in verse 14. So when Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law laid there sick of a fever, and he said, well, let's just go do something else and leave her there. No. The Bible says he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and turned and began to serve, or serve them or minister to them. Hallelujah. She got healed right on the spot. Glory to God. Isn't that good? How many of you believe she was probably happy? Yeah, sure enough. So now verse 16. So when the evening came, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirit with his word and healed just a few of them that were sick. No, it says he healed all of them. He healed every one of them. Glory to God. Amen. How many of you know God's not a respecter of persons? What he's done for one, he'll do for everybody. And that means you. Everyone means you're the one. Hallelujah. And you might as well get in on it. So he did this that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So that tells you right there that, that sickness and disease is from hell. Huh? It's not from God. And yet, how many people have been hoodwinked into thinking that? You know, people say, well, you know, you're, you're sick because God's trying to teach you something. Last time I checked, he gave us his word, not sickness and disease. Amen. And yet sometimes, you know, people will accept that and they go, they pine their life away, never knowing the truth. And they suffer needlessly because they don't know about the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And they don't know how to tap it. They don't know how to get into it. They don't know how to release their faith and make an application of it in their life so they can be healed. Can you say amen? So it's important for us like we are here tonight. Now, again, listen to the text. Our, our, te- our reference text was, for we walk by what? And not by what? Sight. Hallelujah. So that just means that you and I are going to have to walk by something other than what we see, what we feel, uh, you know, what presently might be going on within our lives. See, again, faith is walking by what we do not presently see. So I got a question for you. If I'm not to walk by what I see and what do I look at? You know, what is it that I'm supposed to look at? You look at the promise of God. You look at the word of God. Amen. You know, when the devil starts beating you up at night with care, worry, and anxiety, get the Bible out and say, hey, 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 as long as you're talking to me and keeping me up, I'm going to talk to you. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Huh? And then you just praise God. Say, you know, devil, did you know that the Bible says be careful for nothing? 
But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind. That's what I'm doing, devil. Hey, unless, and you know, in case you don't know it, the Bible says to cast all my care onto him because he cares for me. And since he cares for me, I am not careful about anything. So whatever it is, he, and I guarantee you, he'll leave because he doesn't want to hear the word. You say, yeah, but I don't want to wake up. All right, then lay there and let him pound on you some more. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I knew that'd get a jump from you. Glory to God. So you look at the promise. Huh? You look at God's promise when it comes to your life. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon you and I as Gentiles that we might receive. Everybody say receive. Yeah, receive the promise, huh? The promise of the Spirit by faith. So I've been redeemed. Everybody say it together, I've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. Glory to God. And again, I don't care what it is you may be presently facing. You are the redeemed. And you have been redeemed. Glory to God. So we take the word of God and we drive it towards whatever the issue is in our lives. And we begin to see a different kind of result. Amen. Are you with me? So important. So important. So important. You know, Matthew 8, 17 said himself took our infirmities, bear our sicknesses. With his stripes we are healed. I'll, I'll read another verse of scripture to you here quickly out of Exodus chapter 23. This one here, he said, and you shall serve the Lord your God. And he shall bless your bread and water. And he, he said, I will, and I will, and I will, I will take are you listening to me? Sickness away from the midst of you. Glory to God. And then he went on to say, and the number of your days I will fulfill. You know, when my wife and I pray a lot of times over our meals, I just thank him. You know, for wholeness, I thank him for our divine health. I thank him for taking every sickness, disease, and infirmity from our midst. I t I, you know, I tell him all the time, Father, I just want to thank you that the number of our days you will fulfill. You said that with long life you would satisfy us and show us your salvation. That's what I believe. I said that's what I believe. And that's what you should believe. You know, you don't, you don't need to be going around saying, well, I don't know how much longer I'm going to live. You know, or, you know, this was in my family and everybody died, you know, whatever. Dude, why are you doing that? Why are you even going down that path? You are the redeemed, man. Come on. Well, you know, we're genetically predisposed. Well, you know, I'm genetically predisposed with Jesus' blood. Are you listening to me? Are you with me? So you can believe whatever you want to believe. I choose to believe his word. Amen. Glory to God forevermore. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Deny the existence of the problem in our life. That'd be foolish and very presumptuous, wouldn't it? But we do deny its right to remain or to exist in its form where our lives are concerned. That's why the Bible says, contend for the faith. That's why the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. You know, you got to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Amen. You say, but I don't feel like it. Nobody does. None of us do. 
But you're not walking by the way you feel. You're walking by what it is he said. Can you say amen? amen. Come on now. I'm doing better preaching. You're doing amen and amen. I must have your number. I don't know. Hallelujah. Look at this verse with me. Turn over to Mark's gospel, chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. You know, some people come along and they'll say, well, you know, you just can't take the Bible literally. And I'm thinking to myself, why not? It's God's Word. Well, the reason that they say you can't take it literally is because they're full of doubt and unbelief. And they, they need to find some way to excuse themselves. Thanks for your enthusiasm, but that's exactly what's happening. If I can't take the Bible literally, then I might as well forget the whole thing. Are you with me? If I can't literally believe that if I call on the name of the Lord that I'll be saved, if I can't literally believe that, then there's, 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 there's no faith, there's no point, there's no nothing. Huh? What is it? Is it just, well, I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know where you go with that. But thank God you can take his word literally. Are you with me? That woman... She heard of Jesus, and she literally took the word. If I, once she heard it, she said, if I can touch his garment, I'll be made whole. I will be made whole. Huh? And she believed that. And guess what? She got healed. Amen. And when Paul was preaching the gospel, the Bible says that that guy, he perceived that he had faith to be healed. He says, stand upright on your feet. And the guy stood and leaped. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then everybody went nuts. They thought that Paul and Silas were gods. One of them was Jupiter and the other one was Mercurius. I mean, part of their past. I mean, dude, they were into all kinds of weird stuff. Huh? You know? So he, he had to shout them down and say, no, 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 you got that wrong. Hallelujah. Where was I? Mark chapter 11. Notice here something Jesus said. Now, this is, you remember the context. He uh, they were on their way to Jerusalem for a day's worth of ministry, and on the way, he went to the tree, fig tree, didn't find anything on it, and he said, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever, and the disciples heard it. So he gave a command of faith, and he said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. Next day, they come by. The thing is dried up from the roots. Peter calling to remembrance what it is that he said. He said, Master, teacher, he said, look, look. The tree that you curse is withered away. And so Jesus' response was this. Have faith in God. That seems a little odd. You know, in other words, he didn't say, oh, yeah, man, that's what I've been trying to tell you. You see, you curse the tree, he goes, you know. That's not what he said. He said, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. This is the God kind of faith. It believes and it speaks. Huh? And with that command, that tree died. And he went on then to say in verse 23, he said, because I want to tell you absolutely the truth. Verily, I say to you that whosoever, everybody say whosoever. Everybody say I'm a whosoever. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart or her heart but shall believe. See, when you got a mountain of sickness and disease, man, you need to start speaking to it. Huh? 
A lot of people talk about their sickness or their illness or their whatever, but they don't speak to it. Huh? They talk about it, but they don't talk to it. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, sickness, you cannot stay in my body in the name of Jesus, for I am the redeemed of the Lord. And Jesus himself took my infirmity and bore my sicknesses. Hallelujah. Most of us don't do that. We'll stay sick for three days before we figure out maybe we ought to pray. Come on now, I'm telling you. Man, I'm telling you, the first moment something comes as a matter of symptom, you need to jump on it and say, oh, no, you don't. You don't wait three days. Because every time, how many of you have ever done that before? You think, my God, what in the world am I doing? Why did I wait? Huh? We've all been there. We've all done that. But whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Now listen, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe in his heart that those things which he says shall come to pass. He, she, it (laughs) will have whatever they say. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus did. Huh? Now, some folk, you know, they won't, I mean, they say, well, you know, you can't take that literally. <laughs> that's, that's kind of their deal. I can. You can. Whosoever shall say and shall not doubt, but shall believe that those things. See, when my wife and I got a hold of the word of faith, we said, we're not staying where we're at. We're not living in the world that we once lived in. We're coming out and we're going up. He said he'd make us the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. Glory to God. Are you with me? The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. Amen? Amen. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, and I'm declaring, praise God, He is my refuge and my strength. Hallelujah. Are you with me? But that's not the way we talk. Are you with me? So you can have what you say, positive or negative. So then Jesus talked about this command of faith, and then he went on to talk about the prayer of faith in the 24th verse when he said, so therefore I say to you, talking to his disciples, talking to us, what things soever you desire when you pray, what's the next word? Believe Believe what? That you what? When do you believe that you receive? When you pray, not when you see it. For we walk by faith, not by sight, right? So when we pray, it's at that moment that we believe. That's why sometimes you ought to take some time. When something comes your way before you get to praying, go and remind yourself what the Bible has to say. Hallelujah. Find promises that cover the case that you find yourself in. Say, Father, I want to come to you this evening because you said in your word that you would supply all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you can see, and you well knew before even I got started here praying and talking to you about it, the need that I have in my life. But I tell you what, Father, I trust you. And I believe that you will do exactly what you said you'd do. So, Father, I thank you for showing me what to do. I thank you for leading and guiding me, directing me in the way that I should go. And whatever it is that, you know, needs to happen in this circumstance, I just want to thank you for it in Jesus' name. I believe that I receive 
my need met right now. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So the devil will come back and say, well, ain't nothing happening. You know, a day or two later, maybe right after that. I mean, it could be 30 seconds later, you know. Jesus say, devil, you do not know what you're talking about, so shut up. Huh? Yeah. And if he keeps talking about it, say, hey, devil, since you're here talking to me, why don't you and I get together and let's just have a praise break. Hallelujah. Let's just worship God together. Because after all, devil, he is God. And you know about your future, don't you? Oh, yeah, you're, you're well aware of your future. And it's coming on pretty quickly right now. And pretty soon you're not going to be where you want to be. And there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. And I guarantee you everything will go silent. Huh? Don't let the devil use your brain for a garbage can. Amen. It's so important. Y'all glad you came tonight? Yeah. Man, I cannot believe it's 8 o'clock. Woo! Hallelujah. So, so here in this scripture, let's, let's try to bring this thing to a close. Doggone it. I just never get finished. <laughs> it's not fair. <laughs> anyway, he said, therefore, what things soever you desire. What is it that you desire? Well, I want a better marriage. I want a better uh, income. I want a better home. I, 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 whatever, you know. I want health. I want to be full of joy. You know, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe at the time when you pray that you receive them. You may not feel anything different. Maybe you feel worse. You may not see anything different. It may look worse. But I'm telling you, at that moment when you pray, believe that you, Father, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. Amen. Let your requests be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Are you with me? That's what brings the change in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know God's got change for you? Wow, he's got change for you. Hallelujah. The very best is yet to come. So uh, <clears throat> that's what Bible faith does. It believes that we receive at the time when we pray. So seeing is not believing. Thomas said, well, if I see him, I'll believe it. Well, when he walked through the wall, Jesus walked through the wall, he said, be not faithless, but believing. He said, oh, my Lord and my God. You know, I mean, I mean, he was caught. Any of you ever been caught? We all been caught, man. Bunch of faithless outfits. But thank God he, he, he's merciful and he's still for us. He said, it's all right, you're gonna be okay. All the disciples had all kinds of failings, just like we do. You know, God's, he's fully aware of all that. You know what he wants to see you do? He wants to see you climb back up in the saddle when you get kicked off or bucked off the horse and say, let's ride. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because he loves you and he wants the best for you. Can say amen. All right. So anyway, I need to quit. I, I just got to quit. Okay. Otherwise, I'll get in trouble. Hallelujah. I had so many other good notes. Wow. Well, you have to come back next week. That's all I can tell you. I've been trying to get to the end of this message for four weeks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, anyway. Did y'all get something out of tonight? Yeah. You know, I mean, I just took up one area here, but I mean, at the end of the day, whatever it is that you're dealing with in your life, listen, listen, listen. Why don't you just bow your heads with me for a moment? Hallelujah. You know, um, I've endeavored to c communicate some things here and used 
an example or an area of our life where healing is concerned, but this same principle applies in, in every area of your life. And, and um, just to uh, consider, um, well, the seriousness of certain circumstances and situations in our lives that we have here tonight. I want to encourage you and I want you to know that heaven has answers. And man, maybe you've just been up against it. I mean, but I'm telling you tonight, my friend, that heaven has the answer that you need. He, he has it for you. And I don't know, maybe you already know it, but it's just been hard to live it out or walk it out or do it or whatever. Or maybe, maybe again, you're just, there's just that struggle. But I'm telling you, my friend, you are not going to quit and you're not going to give up. You are going to keep on keeping on because God has this incredible plan for you. And that's why you're going to keep fighting. And you're gonna say, God, I don't know, but you do. And I'm gonna stand in this place in front of you, before you, until I have your mind, your heart, your wisdom. And I just thank you for it right now. Father, I pray for those that are here tonight, those that are in need. And we all have needs, Father. We struggle with life. We, 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 we wrestle with what it is that maybe we're supposed to be doing, or maybe it's a, you know, I don't know. But I'm just, I just know, Father, that you love us, that you love every person that's here, and you have a heart for their success. And so, Lord, I pray for every person here, even those watching online, that, Lord, we won't cast away our confidence. We refuse to let go because it has an incredible reward that comes with it. And we'll be enduring, we will be patient, and Father, we'll do the will of God. Father, help us to know what to do. And when we do it, Father God, you said you promised that we would receive what it is that you promised. So I just thank you tonight for every person here this evening. Father, if there are those that are here in need of healing, Father, let your power flow and course its way through their body right now, even now, in the name of Jesus. Because, Father, we believe that your presence and your power is here to heal, to mend, even hearts, spiritually speaking. Oh, Father God, I thank you for your cleansing power. Yes, to heal, to mend, to make whole, to bring about your divine plan and purpose in every life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And for those here tonight in the name of Jesus, devil, take your hands off them in Jesus' name. We declare by the authority of the name of Jesus that you have no place. We give you no place, no quarter in their lives now. Cease and desist in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I thank you for the peace that passes all understanding, joy, 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 filling their hearts, Father, to overflowing. And I thank you, Lord, for that expression in their lives. 
And God, I just thank you for giving them everything that they need because you love us so much. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty, matchless name. Hallelujah. Father, guide us in our giving tonight. We have the privilege to support the work of God and, Father, to advance your kingdom. And as we do so, Father, in our giving, I just want to thank you in advance for your blessing and your grace upon every person here tonight as they sow into the kingdom of God. And we thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.